Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Dave, what's happening, my man? Welcome. Thanks. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm glad that I'm, you know, I thought as I was sort of waiting in backstage that I, I might have to play the role of Alice uh, since I wasn't on <laughs> to say not it. But thank you for for introducing me by my real first name here. <laughs> right. No, that's that's awesome. And I, and I love your story. And I and it came my way through uh, the article in, in Entrepreneur, which right Entrepreneur, which we'll get yep. to in a little bit. But I'd love if you could introduce yourself uh, to my audience here and then we'll get into the story of, of your brand. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm the founder and CEO of O2, which is a uh, recovery drink. It's got uh, quite a following in the fitness community, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, I'm a, a six-year first-time entrepreneur now. So so O2's been around since 2014, and this was my first my first uh, my first entrepreneurial rodeo. I cut my teeth in corporate strategy back when I had a normal day job and, uh, and i've been who doing wants this to go back since. to that yeah, i know right tell me that. about it <laughs> all right i mean i guess a lot of people are doing this podcasting thing now that we're home but you really can't be doing this if you're sitting in an office all day hey you got the right gig man i, I tell you <laughs> what you get to you get to talk to cool people all day long i i love it i mean cool is subjective but i get to talk to people all day for sure man so let's get into the cool story here yeah did you always have this dream of launching a it's a recovery not energy <laughs> drink right but did i correct, correct. That's All right, correct. So, so let's talk a little bit about the story. I love to hear the, the brand origin yeah. story. I love to hear the superhero story. Take us back to where this kernel was, was hatched. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Kernel. This, all these stories sound so similar. It's, you've probably heard this a thousand times, but I'll, I'll give you the, the origin story. So um, I, was, I had a pretty demanding day job. I was, I was working in corporate strategy. Um, I had a, uh, a bunch of really, really smart, seasoned people um next to me and i was fresh out of undergrad so what that translated into is i you know I, I worked my tail off for the first few years of my career um and over the course of those first few years i became pretty close with uh the chief strategy officer at the company i worked for and he's you know classic fortune 100 c-level right. executive um and uh one day he shared this really endearing story which was not common for for him he was you know he's the type of guy very high iq very low eq Mm -hmm. um, and, and the story was around how he helped start uh, this private nonprofit charter high school that served underprivileged youth in Chicago in 1996. Um, and a really remarkable story. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the details here, but uh, he helped start the school. And then in 99, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation got involved. And then a bunch of these schools popped up across the United States. And I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Like he made something from from nothing. And, and so I, I proposed to him that we do it in Columbus, which is where we, we were both working and living. And he's like, all right, you know, I'll help you do that as long as you do all the work. So again, typical C-level executive, right? He's delegating. Um, yeah, he's delegating for sure. 
And so, so that became my night job. And so I had this pretty demanding day job, a new night job. Um, I was 25, 26 at the time. I was, I was leading an otherwise healthy lifestyle um, and working out a good deal, watching what I eat. But I was, I was drinking a tremendous amount of Red Bull and Gatorade. And, you know, I didn't come from a nutrition background, but I sugar knew enough. Central. Yeah, it's sugar central for sure. And I knew enough to know that, that that probably wasn't sustainable. That wasn't great for me. And so I befriended a guy who was finishing uh, his residency at Ohio State's hospital. And he's still there, actually. Um, and he became like my medical doctor buddy. Great thing about medical doctor buddies is you can ask them all kinds of free medical advice, right? Right. It's like having a real-time <laughs> WebMD at your disposal. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> and so one day I asked him, like, you know, you're, you're a physician, so surely you don't drink this garbage. What do you do instead? Because I'm, I'm looking for something something better. And he's like, I actually, I, I drink that garbage. I just, you know, I, I just feel bad about it too. Oh, man. Um, and so we're, you know, we're both in our mid twenties. We're like, oh, well shit, man. You know, if you do this and I do this, we should, we should, our friends would love this. We should just make our own drink. How hard can that be? Right. F famous last words. Turns yeah. out it's, it's pretty hard. Um, we, uh, so the original premise was to, to combine all the stuff that we, that we liked about energy and sports drinks without any of the stuff that we didn't. And then about a year into spinning our wheels, Dan, the doctor, came across some really compelling peer-reviewed medical literature that showed the accelerating effects of ingested oxygen on the liver's metabolism of toxins and recovery time. And so the, the strategist in me was like, oh, awesome. That's oh, our cool. thing. Yeah, that's, that can be our point of difference. Again, little did I know there was a reason nobody else was doing this. It's because it's really, really challenging to make an oxygenated drink, at least at scale. Um, so I left my day job at the end of 2011 to focus on getting something off the ground, you know, my, my entrepreneurial was career. That, pause right there. Was that an easy decision? Was that a, like that, that decision to say, all right, like, were you, were you kind of secure in, in saying like, Hey, I'm going to take a gamble here. I'm still young. If it doesn't work out, I can still kind of go back to it. Was that your mindset? That's exactly like, it. Let's give it a yep. shot, man. 100%. Let's, let, let's let it ride. There's, there's no better time than now. You know, right? like have, I'm young, you don't have like a exactly. overhead family, kids, whatever exactly. the hell you have now. Like, yep, exactly. exactly. And, and I've heard it argued, you know, that's a pretty, pretty obvious, um, pretty, there's a pretty obvious argument for that, right? There, you're not putting anything at risk and, you know, you don't have any mouths to feed. Um, but I've also heard it argued that, that, that the time to do it is, is when you have mouths to feed and a mortgage and everything else, because you know, you're not going to screw that up, right? There's no, you're burning the bridges. Spot on. I mean, I talk about that too. I mean, it's your show. Go continue. No, no, no. I, I mean, this is a, a conversation hopefully, yeah. but, but I, I, I could see that for sure. I could see that. And, and, and part of the reason I feel like it took us so long to get this off the ground was, you know, I could, I had some savings built up and I was, you know, 27, I could do whatever I wanted for as long as I wanted. Um, and, and so it, you know, there, there wasn't, there wasn't, there was a fire under my feet for sure, mm -hmm. but it probably would have burned a little hotter if I had a, uh, a, a, a spouse and a few little, few little mouths to feed, <laughs> mm. you know, but, um, go ahead. How'd you get the oxygen into the drink? So there's, there's a funny story there. Um, about the proprietary secret no, sauce. No, no, I'll tell you all about it. Um, so, 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 so today it's, it's, it's at scale. It's very simple. It's a very similar process as carbonation, just a different gas. Right. right? Um, so, so that's an easy way to think of it. We had like, you know, you take a corporate strategist and a physician and tell them to make a drink. 
there's there's no experience there. Like the physician, right. you don't have the manufacturing doctor. experience, yeah, right? You don't, have the, you don't have the production experience. Totally, we no had problem. no idea what we were doing. Hmm. So so we uh, we eventually we hired a food scientist part time from Ohio State's hospital who used to work at Campbell's to to help us figure out how do you put oxygen in a drink, you know. Um, we didn't, we didn't know how carbonation was done, much less oxygenation. Is it like a giant straw through a machine that blows into a big vat of water? Like, yeah, so, so, so the first batch of, of what ultimately be, became O2 was actually made in a giant aquarium in a basement of one of our houses. Meth and lab or, 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 or energy drink. An O2 lab. Yeah. Um, and and the idea was let's take let's take a a fish tank that has this pump that's putting oxygen mm -hmm. into the water for fish and let's see if that you know let's see if that gets us some oxygen in the liquid, and it, it turns out it it did. Um, so so it's obviously evolved a little bit since then, um, but it's a very similar process to adding any other gas into a liquid, just a different gas. I love it. And what, what's your substitute for sweetness? So we, we use a blend of a uh, little bit of organic sugar. So one gram of organic sugar per can and then uh, stevia, erythritol and monk fruit. Okay. Yeah. And, those, and, and it's interesting. I mean, I've seen some feedback on those. I mean, the early splendid days, the early sweet and low days, the saccharin, the other, there's other elements in there too. Like how do you ensure that everything that you put in there is safe? Mm -hmm. So, so that's something that we were really particular about um, from the outset, because if I was going to leave my, you know, comfortable six figure job. I wanted to make sure I was doing it for the right reasons. And exactly. ultimately the, the product is really, really important. And, and so much has changed with O2, but the product is the one thing that we got right from the outset. And so we, we Critical. kept the ingredient list super simple. Um, everything is, is, uh, is non-GMO. Everything mm -hmm. is plant-based for the most part. Um, and, and including our sweeteners. And so it's all, all plant-based, um, plant-based sweeteners that, you know, uh, a drive from the earth. So let's talk about the launch, right? I mean, you're a strategist. Yeah. You, you said, listen, we could go big, we could go retail, we could try to get some shelf space, but we're competing against the Gatorades, the yep. Red Bulls of the world too. And, what and that's it, exactly which, what we which, did not which, do. And so let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that direction where you went to the source. You went to the yeah. people that are using it directly, the gyms. Tell us a little bit about those early yeah. days and a little bit, give, it, give us a nice uh, kind of chronological, let's take it from launch to pre-COVID. Yeah. So I'd love to tell In 45 you that, seconds. No. I'd love it, to tell you that man. the gym thing was, yeah. was all part of this master plan um, because it, it makes a ton of sense. You know, you've got this super loyal um, captive audience at the gyms, whether it's CrossFit gym or a boot camp or, you know, hot yoga studio, they're coming there, or at least pre-COVID, they were coming there three, four or five passionate, times a week. Loyal, yeah, super yeah. passionate, brand loyal, very particular about what they put inside their body and very habitual too, mm -hmm. right? They get in routines, um, all of which has, has built O2 over the years as a brand. Um, but so, so candidly, that wasn't my thinking. My thinking was, oh shit, I've got four truckloads of this product that nobody's ever bought. And I'm the one person who's responsible for selling it. You know, I was a one man show for the first you were everything. 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to get this stuff out of the warehouse and into people's, you know, into people's hands. Um, so I did what any, any scrappy entrepreneur would do. I, I begged and pleaded with my friends to sell O2 at their gyms and the rest kind of took off from there. Um, but, but I will take a, at least a little bit of the credit in that once, you know, once I saw that the gyms were selling through it as quickly as they did, it's very, very clear that that's where, you know, that's where I should focus because it would take just as much time to drive to our warehouse, pick up 10 cases of O2, drop it off at, 
you know, CrossFit Grandview right. as it would drive to our warehouse, pick up two cases of O2, drop it off at, you know, a mom and pop convenience store and subsequently see both of those retailers sell through it in about two weeks. Yeah, interesting. Um, what was some of the initial negative feedback that you got from consumers? And yeah, how did you a, react? How did you react yeah. to that and pivot? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the first, the first, this is a good story. Um, it wasn't negative feedback on the product. It was, I guess you could call it negative feedback on the label. So I remember vividly uh, about two or three weeks into our, our launch, um, we had, uh, we had, uh, I saw a message come through on Facebook from two, you know, it was on my cell phone to a, to our, our brand page. And the message was something along the lines of, Hey guys, like I really, you know, I tried this product at my gym. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm a, I'm actually a scientist, so I get what you're doing with the oxygen and that's cool. But you know, it says on the, on the nutrition facts panel, it says that there are 370 grams of sodium and 360 grams in, of potassium in this product. How is that possible? It's the same freaking thing. <laughs> that's, that's an incredible, that's like pounds of, of salt. Um, and, and so I looked at this and I was, I think I was like, I was packing boxes to, for our direct consumer orders. Um, and so I, I quickly, I was like, hey, Dan, the physician, I was like, hey, Dan, you know, somebody just asked a nutrition related question. Um, can you, can you feel this for me? He's like, oh, okay, you know, I'll get to it in between patients. And so not a half hour goes by and, uh, I get a phone call from Dan and that, that was the first red flag <laughs> that it was a phone uh -huh. call in the middle of the day instead of a text message, like all taken care of. Uh, he's like, Hey, uh, are you sitting down? And I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, but I can be. And he's like, well, turns out, uh, we made a typo on the nutrition facts panel. It says 370 grams of sodium. Extra 300. zero in there. Well, uh, a lack, it should be milligrams versus. Oh, there was gram. an M missing, a little yeah, lower. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, that's a lot of that, pounds that would, of, that, in one That would can. be literal pounds of salt, right? Oh, man. And, and so, little you know. Things. Devil's in the details. Dude, I, you, hear, you hear people talk about like tunnel vision. That was the first time in my life where I'd experienced tunnel vision. And how but, many can, how many cans were already out in the market or produced with the product? Did you recall them all? Or you said screw it. No one else is going to say anything here. That, all of those are great questions, right? Those are all the <laughs> questions that I had in that order, probably in your head, right there. Yeah, like, how exactly, much am I losing here? Exactly. How much product am I going to have to burn? Well, and I could tell you there there were three hundred thousand cans printed with that typo. Big mistake, right? And I was looking at a sea of them Just, in the warehouse. And so Very well, a China of O2. Exactly. So my, you know, my first thought was, well, it was good while it lasted. Like, you know, our, our, we did a small friends and family uh, fundraise to, to basically produce those cans. So I'm like, well, it, you know, our, our friends and family is going to be really disappointed, but, but at least we drink. made a great drink and, you know, we can, we've got O2 for the rest of our lives. If we want it, the business is over, but you know, at least I tried. Um, and, and so then once, once I picked myself up off the floor, I, I called our, our flavor house um, and they told me basically, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. Uh, here, here's the name of an attorney. Give him a call. So then I call this attorney and he's like, yeah, it, it does happen all the time. You know, I was just doing this for like, you know, craft or Procter yeah. & Gamble or whatever. Um, and, and here are your options. You can either ignore it and just hope nobody says anything and, you know, deal with that. Carry it's, on. Not like, it's not like somebody's going to sue you. you. You're not worth anything. Um, or, or, or you can try and cover it up and like get a big sticker that covers up the, the nutrition facts panel. And that sticker has it 
printed on correctly. Right, a, a correction. Like, yeah, some whiteout, like, lots of whiteout. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I don't want to just ignore it because that doesn't seem like the right thing to do. But I also don't want to pretend that it didn't happen. And so I, so yeah, it just doesn't sit well, right? It, it's, just it's, not, it's, not the right it's just not the right thing to do. Once you know about yeah. something, it's just, you got to do something about it. Agreed. And, and that, that is in addition to getting the product right at the outset, I think I got the values for the company What would ultimately become a company right at the outset. And, and ignoring this was not in line with those values. Well, honesty, honesty is your number one value. Exactly. Honesty, humility yes, and exactly. hustle. Those are your three exactly. values. And that's the first one right there. So exactly. you learned it early. 100%. 100%. And, and this was the lesson. Honesty, humility, and hustle are our values, but they did not exist in that form in, on day one. They, we evolved to make it very clear that's right. what we stood for. And this was one of the first lessons because I could not, you know, I was a big believer in honesty and transparency. I couldn't, I couldn't just pretend nothing happened. So what we ended up doing, which I've, I've got uh, more than one vivid memory of, um, we, we ended up printing about 300,000 little like comic book icons, stickers that, that basically said, oops, this should be in milligrams versus grams. Yeah, like, the, like, the blur, like the blur, but yeah, the bam, yeah, yeah. bam, like bam. The little, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and every weekend, uh, Dan and, and myself and whoever we could rope Mom, in. Mom, dad, cousins, yep, everyone. It's a family. Pizza, pizza and, and O2 pizza on and Exactly. We would host little sticker parties and we would take a case off a pallet, yeah. unpack it on a table, put stickers on the side of the can and put it back in the... And, and honestly, people loved it. People thought it was hilarious. You know, and I was like, okay, good. Yeah, it kind of reassures your faith in 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 making those value decisions because you could have done nothing about it. You could have swept it under the rug. So let's fast forward. Like it's starting to build the brand, starting to build an efficiency. When was that moment? Was it that moment where you're like, shit, this might actually work out? People are enjoying it and buying it. What was that moment? Man, um, like I know, for example, like I know for a movie for people that are successful in entertainment, it's like their first billboard when they're driving on the highway and they see their face on a billboard, right? There are certain moments. What was I, that for you guys? I think that it was probably, it was definitely in year one. It was, it was probably after I did a few demos at Whole Foods and saw, like, that's the dream customer for any, you know, any, any natural products right. upstart is Whole Foods, right? And so summer of that, of that first year, I walked in to my local Whole Foods with the backpack of, of samples, asked to talk to the guy in charge, you know, that whole story. Um, and he agreed to give me a shot. He gave me like the worst the worst shelf position in the bottom right mm-hmm. of the cooler. And so I camped out at Whole Foods every weekend for about two months, dishing out samples of O2. And, and if, you know, a, a demo or two into that process, I realized, yeah, we got something here. You know, pe- people are loving this. They're buying parts full. Like, faces. I've seen the same faces over and over. Yeah. And if I can do this at every Whole Foods store, we're good to go, you know? Oh, that's, that's incredible. So let's fast forward. Brand's building up. You got momentum. Now we're in, you know, it's February, 2020. You're like, all right, we're hearing some stuff over in China. This is, yeah. this ain't coming over here. We're fine. We're doing well. And yeah. all of a sudden March 13th, that's a day yeah. that resonates in my head. Cause that's, that's it. I was scheduled to go to South by, which I do every year. Yeah. And I had to cancel South by that's a day for me. I was like, shit, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Um, what was that, you know, when you're like, oh, all right, so they're closing everything. They're closing schools, yeah. they're closing bars, restaurants, and they're closing gyms. Take us to that day. Take us yeah. to that like moment in the in the in the war room of O2. Yeah. So so I was I was for better or for worse, I was not of the mindset everything's fine. It's gonna, you know, it's over in China, no big deal. I think because of how much of a threat this represented to my business, 
uh, and and many many clients and, and mm. many of those clients are considered good friends at this point i was watching this pretty closely um and and if i had a, a no shit, this could be very real moment it was um probably january or february I, I remember i was i was just finishing up a workout at the gym that i go to in cincinnati it's called crossfit 513 and and i've become good friends with the owner and i was just asking him how he was how he was doing how he was feeling about everything and He's, you know, what, what he's, what he's worried about. Cause COVID was on both of our radars and he's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about somebody getting sick. Sure. But I'm just worried if like, I have to be, if the government shuts me down and that's like the thought of that hadn't really yeah. been totally actualized in my head yet. And I was thought, man, Patrick's worried about the government shutting him down. That would be horrible. How mm. many people like Patrick? you know, are our clients. And so, so then it became real. That was probably late January, early February. And so I was watching it pretty, pretty closely after that conversation. Um, and your date's March 13th, my date's March 15th, because, uh, leading up to that, um, my fiance and I decided that we had a, we had to cancel our engagement party, which was scheduled to be March 15th. And, mm, and you know, when, she, that's when shit was real. That That's when shit really got real. <laughs> um, and, and it was, uh, she was, she was more of the mindset like this is i don't know how big of a thing this is and i'm like no this is definitely a thing like shit yeah, is, this is, shit is unfolding and it is real <laughs> and um and so we we did that and then the following week is when we started to see our our gym clients forced into mandatory shutdown um and we have you know we we had a line of sight to thousands of gyms across the country many of which were clients forced yeah. to shut down and and you know you we talked about the the values of O2. Those those are those are three values. There are only three of them, but we take them really really seriously, and and honesty, humility, and hustle. And and every major decision that I've ever had to make, when I when I look at that decision through those values, it, it becomes much more clear what we have to do. And and it became very very clear that we could not sit back and do nothing and hope for the best and hoard cash and talk about layoffs and cutting benefits that was not the right thing to do because if we were being honest with ourselves and you know our, our customers we have to help like these people these gym owners have helped us build our business over the last five it's six a symbiotic years. relationship you can't live without each other without a doubt for sure and so so we you know, we, we have one thing that we've gotten pretty good at over the years is pivoting and moving quickly because there's been a lot of things that didn't work out. So it's like, okay, boom, pivot, boom, pivot. Um, so, so, you know, we were, we started the year very, very focused on kind of a traditional in field in market, um, approach to building up grocery and building up gyms. And then we quickly pivoted. Um, and, and we, we made a move that put all of our, all of our, the full weight of Team O2, all eight of us, behind our, our gyms, leveraging our direct-to-consumer channel. And that was important. That was yeah. important. So, I mean, we, let's break it down from two perspectives here. We're going to talk about the brand perspective, the company perspective, right? So you need to sustain your business. And you're like, shit, if we keep doing things status quo right now, we're going to have no business because no 100%. one's buying it. So the question is, how do we keep brand loyalty? How do we ensure our product still gets into the hands of our customers? But then how, how do we also support our biggest distribution channel, the folks that have endorsed us, the folks that have stood by our side, that have turned down a lot of these other big box brand names yep. and said, you know what? We like O2, our customers like O2, the gym members like O2. How do we stick with it? 
Where did this idea, where did the 50-50 idea come from? Those were all the questions. In, in fact, you know, I could have used, like used you in the war room. Where were you? Um, but but those, those were the things that we were grappling with. And we had to act fast. I mean, going into, going into COVID, over 50% of our revenue was from the gym channel. And, and most of that was recurring revenue in the form of subscriptions. And oh, by the way, th that was also how we primarily, how we acquired customers. You know, yeah. people would find out about O2 and uh, at the gym and then buy it at the grocery store, or buy it online, whatever. Thankfully, we had, so that's one channel. We had two other channels that were fully operational, right? We, so, so while within a week, 96% of, of our clients and gyms across the country were forced into mandatory shutdown, 96%. Hmm. So, so within a week, that channel effectively went from half the business to zero. We had two other channels that were fine. Grocery being one of them, some of that's out of our control. Anyone who works at a grocery store, would tell, whether at corporate level or store level, is tell you that that was just as chaotic for them as it was for everybody oh, in yeah, America, totally. probably more so. Um, but we could, so we couldn't really control what was happening in grocery. We could control what was happening in direct consumer. Like that's our channel. We own that channel. Um, and, and we had the infrastructure to support a lot of growth in that channel, thankfully. And so what we did was we, 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 tried to look at this as, okay, we got to help and there's got to be something we can do to help. And it only feels right that we, we also want to keep sales to sales of O2 flowing to, to members of gyms, right? Normally they'd be buying O2 from, from the gym. Well now, you know, hopefully they'll be buying O2 from us, but it, but it, it only feels right to, sh to split some of the profits of that, of that purchase with the gym's owner. Or with with the members gym owner, if they fail, you fail, right? I mean, I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, you can find other distribution channels, right? But you still have to. This is called loyalty mm -hmm. on many many different levels. Yeah, and it, it was it was it was less about it was less about failure, honestly, because you know that that as cheesy as it sounds, that never that never crossed my mind. It was more yeah. about doing the right thing. We had to do the right thing. It was clearly the right thing to do, right? So all these gyms members were going to be buying O2 online. How could we not share some of the upside with the gym owner, right? And so, so we quickly were just like, all right, well, what can we do to encourage that? Um, so we, we developed a very simple um, platform, basically, for tracking, uh, tracking purchases of O2 by gym members in a way that would allow us to track it back to that gym member's right. gym. So if you promo if you, code, referral yeah, code, that's exactly what it was. So if you if you work out at CrossFit five one three, your code was Recovery twelve eighty four, and every time there's a purchase on Recovery twelve eighty four, I can go back and look what was the profits from that purchase, and then kick it back to the gym owner. Let's put it in perspective here. Um, how much did you give back to the gyms over the last few months? So we um, so we we announced that March eighteenth, and in three days we we saw more sales online in three days than we had our best month. Leading up to that, it's because it's not a gimmick. You you didn't just come up with this shit just to freaking drive sales. You did it because you genuinely believe and exactly. care in your customers. Exactly. exactly, and people saw that. People saw that. And like we had people it's showing up a hundred percent. Totally, it's not some BS philanthropic totally. shit to totally. drive sales. That's what totally. we're talking about here. Totally, people showed up to support with their wallets, their gym, and a brand doing something meaningful and authentic at the same time. Our True. people showed up in masses, and so we did a ton of sales in just a few days. And so I reached out to a buddy of mine who also has a pretty popular brand in the space. I'm like, hey, man, I think we're onto something here. Like, you should make these codes active on your website and you should honor that same 50% profit. P 
piece and I'll tell my audience about it. You tell your audience about it. We'll double our impact. And that's it. Exactly. We did. We're, we're doubling the reach. And now you're starting to get other brands and in, in, tell me if the story's right. Or you're starting to get other brands in the space, right? You're getting other mm -hmm. fitness products and the nutritionals in there. Exactly. Tell us about the gift card situation. Yeah. 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 So, so we launched, we, we announced this, this coalition of brands all honoring the 50% profit thing. Um, the, the last week of March and over the course of April, we would introduce a new brand partner into that, into that coalition um, each week. And so we, we had six brands total that did this. And over the course of those six weeks, we raised over a quarter of a million dollars to give back to 2,600 gyms. I mean, but it, go ahead. You're also cross promoting to their audiences. I mean, that's totally, like, totally. I mean, and they, like, let's call it, but I mean, still, we're still in business here and we're still a capitalist society. Was a huge, it was right? a like, huge like we're doing, it's okay to drive business when you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Yes. Everything's good. Because it gives you more of a platform for a positive impact. You know, like if, if we're going to do anything meaningful as a brand and as a company, we have to grow because the, the size of our of our impact is directly determined by how many people were, you know, we yes. can we can we can impact um, and we have as customers. And so so there was a lot of cross pollination. I'll give you one fun fact. We acquired more customers in the month of April than we did all of 2019 combined. And, and we did that completely organically. We didn't have to pay Facebook or Google or, you know, any of these other paid mechanisms to, to get our customers. This was this was effectively free. Um, and so so at the end of that month, I, I went kind of back to square one and said, OK, you know, we're, we're doing a great thing here. It's awesome. But if you do the math, like 20, you know, two hundred thirty thousand dollars among twenty six hundred gyms. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not, not life changing, life. right? Yeah, it's not keeping life. You're not replacing. Exactly. You're not replacing the, you know, the membership fees. Yeah, exactly. Something here and there. A hundred percent. And what so, did it do? What did that money do? How did that help? Uh, you know, you, you'd, you'd have to ask the the gym owners. I think the biggest thing was it was it just did something. It showed people. It showed them that people cared their members rallied around it our brands rallied around it it was a good gesture but i think the most i know the most meaningful thing that we did was we we looked at all right instead of sharing retail revenue with the gyms what can we do to help them retain their members because that's how they keep their lights on that's 100%. how they keep their business in business how are they and going to come back how are we going to keep those exactly, members there when exactly we are able to go back to it exactly. and even, the par even the parking lot sessions whatever you call yeah, it i mean and that was it was still a little chilly outside right and so so in april the weather is still kind of turning in most places a lot of a lot of gyms were doing you know the the zoom calls and people were kind of like ah, it's you know whatever i don't know if that's worth 200 a month to <laughs> do that right and, and so, CrossFit so in your bedroom. Yeah, exactly. And and the gym owners aren't naive to this. They know this, but they can't say, "Hey, we're just gonna you know pause your membership for now, and we'll check you later." Um, so they were really looking for ways to 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 contribute value to give their members value. And so the idea was, what if O2 and three of these other brands? What if we each said we're going to toss in twenty five dollar gift card to our website, so a combined hundred dollar gift card, and offer that to every single gym member in America who works out at one of these gyms that participated in our, in our profit sharing initiative, as long as they keep their membership active in the month of May. So that was, that was the premise was we'll give you a hundred dollar gift cards to, to some brands you already love, as long as you keep your membership active. So what's cool about that is interesting because I, I think for most people, right, I'm making a journal statement, listen, a hundred dollars a month isn't nothing to, 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 
to throw away. Sure. But it's one of those things too, where if you're not really loyal and not really care, it might be one of the first things you shut off. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're really loyal to your gym and you care about it and you're throwing this incentive on top of it and you're bringing that awareness, the same way we're supporting restaurants by buying gift cards for future use. It's a very mm -hmm. similar concept there. Yeah. You're more inclined to say, you know what? I want to support my local business because I yeah. know that this COVID thing is going to end at some point and I want to go back to my gym. That's my home. That's where I work out. I got my, my community there. I got my gym totally. family and this is awesome, man. So let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the results and where we're at right now in, in, uh, end of September. Yeah, the results were crazy. So, so we announced that at the end of April and we had more inbound in four days from gym members wanting to participate, gym owners wanting to make sure their gym was able to participate more inbound in four days than we had the preceding four years combined. It was crazy. Round wow. the clock. Everybody's, everybody's in respond mode. Um, and then on, so everybody, so I don't know how many, I'll never know how many people kept their membership active in the month of May as a result of this, but, but it was probably thousands of people. Um, and, and I know that we had several, several gyms tell us like, this is keeping me in business. This is more than any, any brand or, or more than my bank or more than the government's government, done. There's no government handouts. Yeah, like this, is, this is more than anyone's ever done for me. You know, this has prevented me from throwing in the towel. Um, and so, so on, Jan, on, uh, on June one is when we, we gave the, basically gave a mechanism for, uh, awarding the gift cards to the gym owners so that they could dish them out as they saw fit. And we ended up having over, over 60,000 people. Um, over wow. 60,000 people participate, which is over $6 million in, in gift cards, gift vouchers. Good, good on you guys. So let's talk about the way forward and, and the way, and you know, where, you know, are you optimistic? Are we, are things opening back up? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I am optimistic um, and not about COVID. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, but, but, but about, believe it or not, somehow um, in this environment, I'm optimistic about people in general. Because over the course of the last six months, we've seen people really, really rally and show up to support one another in a really, really big and inspiring way. Um, we're in probably the third of the fourth inning of COVID. You know, we're headed into the fall. It's going to get cold. We're all uh, going inside. Not even the seventh inning stretch. Yeah. We're not, even, so, we're not even bringing in the closer. We're yeah, going to be done with this already, so, right? So I don't think we're done anytime soon. And, and I, I'm, I'm, 95% sure that it's life is not going to get easier if you own a gym or a restaurant or a bar anytime soon. Um, right. and it's so getting colder anywhere yeah. aside from a few States, it's going to get colder in the indoor, totally. you know, totally. not good news. they know this. Totally. Totally. So, so since we've, you know, we, we basically established a, a, on the fly, a very strong proven playbook, um, to help the gyms in the spring. And so we've been planning since we concluded that initiative, we've been nose down planning basically round two of that, of that, of that initiative. And we're going to announce that next week and, and hopefully awesome. double, triple the impact. I love it. And, and when that, when that happens, definitely shoot me the link here. So, yeah. so, you know, similar, you know, I'm going to ask different questions here to kind of wrap it up here. I love this brand story. It's awesome. And we'll link everybody to the product where they can learn more about that and all that good stuff too. But going back to your entrepreneurship story, yeah. right? I want to go back to those kind of early days there. Was there, you know, that, that one, that one piece of advice, right? That one piece of advice that you, you heard early on in your career and in your life that you repeat every morning, every day when you get up that you take action on every single day. Yeah, there's, there's, there's probably a lot. Um, you know, one, one thing that, that comes to mind now is, is and I, I've, I've grown in appreciation for this, is there's no silver bullet. You know, you just got to wake up and grind day in, day out, every single day. But if you do that, if you just get like 1% better each day, you're, you're enormously successful. You know, like the growth curve is exponential. 
but you got like it, you got to do it on purpose. It doesn't just happen. You got to put in the work. I mean, there's no substitute 100%. for the work. Totally right. They're, hacks are called hacks for a reason. They're not gonna. They're not long term, dude. Right? You this, may see totally. some of the things here and there, but that's not sustainable long term growth. Totally, totally. Personally, personally, it doesn't matter unless you get enormously lucky. Which, frankly, you know, I feel bad for people who were just kind of in the right time, right place, because all of the personal growth that comes with doing your own thing, it's it's painful. It's growth. I'm growth in it. Hurts. I'm freaking in it right yeah, now. It's hard. Exactly. Every- Day in, day out. I mean, I've like there's days that are painful. Yesterday for me totally. was I put up three L's and put three L's in the L in the loss column. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That hurts, but that's real and shit right there. But then shit. tomorrow's not. You're gonna it's do real. it again tomorrow and the day after yeah. and the day after. You know why? Because this is hard and hard people do hard shit, you know? And that's where the growth comes from, is doing stuff that's hard day in, day out. And over time, like I, I look back on the last five or six years. I've, it feels like I've gotten 13 MBAs and I've had three <laughs> different life. You know what I mean? But oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap that for the world that because who I am as a result of that is somebody I'm really happy with. Dave, I love it, man. And thank you for joining me here today. I think your story is incredible. And I, and I can't wait to take this episode and share it out with, with everybody where, tell us a little bit more about O2. Tell us where they could find it, where they could learn more about it, where they could learn more about you. Yeah. Uh, check out drinko2.com. We've got, uh, it's, you know, I know I'm biased, but it's, it's a remarkable product. I think it's the best product for its purpose on the market. All of our products are made with uh, seven times more oxygen than normal water, which I already talked about why that's helpful um, in detox and recovery. But they've all, they've all also got 50% more electrolytes than Gatorade with only one gram of sugar. And so it's a very clean, healthy product. And oh, by the way, it tastes amazing. Like I wish oh. I could pour you some and pass I'll, it through. The I, don't know why I, didn't get, I don't know why I didn't ask for a case before we got on the show. To try hey, it. send me your address afterwards. I'll, I'll make it happen. Um, but we're we're gonna do round two of the uh, of the initiative to support the gyms. We've got some great brands on board. They're all gonna be offering something special. Um, so go to drinko2.com. Keep an eye on our website. Join our mailing list, and you'll get some great deals by O2 and some other great brands in the next few weeks. Awesome, Dave. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, man. It was great to see you. Awesome. And everyone joining us on the live stream, anyone who's going to be listening when we play this out on the podcast, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. You know where to find out all the mo- all the information on the podcast. It's down below, thepodcast.com. Some news, we are now live on Amazon Music, which is pretty cool. You can find the podcast on Amazon, which I think is cool. I tried doing it with Alexa the other day. I don't think they fully integrated the, you know, I said, Alexa, play the podcast. And it like started to give me some Greek mythology kind of thing. I don't know. It didn't it didn't really work out there, uh, but we'll get to it. Uh, big news. Episode 99 is dropping on Tuesday with the former governor of the state of New York, David Patterson. And we're inching closer to episode 100 of the podcast. Dave Kalina, thank you so much for sharing your story and your brand story. I appreciate you. And we'll certainly connect offline. Hang with me for one moment. And everyone, remember, take care, wear a mask, support your local businesses, support your local gyms. Check out O2 and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. To join the conversation, search The podcast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepodcast.com.